0: You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast.
1: If you like your breakfast for dinner, well then, we have a nostalgia omelet made just for you with about a dozen Easter eggs. Welcome and bon appétit because it is Monday night. It is 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, and that can only mean it's time for Mission Log Live. I'm Norman Lau. (laughs)
2: amos i'm sorry i didn't read that part of it
1: (laughs) i love Uh, catching you by surprise how about that
2: um okay seriously though uh tonight we are continuing our review for star trek picard season three episode six the bounty as always we want to hear from you in the facebook chat and live with us you know what to do just click on the zoom link or give us a ring by using the the one tap on your smartphone. Um, or you can call us six six nine nine hundred sixty eight thirty three and enter the meeting code and password you see in the show notes.
1: I love how you said the bounty. It was like an exclamation and a question at the same time.
2: Well, bounty because it was a title that was out of context. Okay. I don't think that's what everybody expected that to mean.
1: Did you Did you think it meant as in like bounty bounty hunter as opposed to bounty bounty?
2: Well, yeah, well, yeah, and I think I thought that because Enterprise has an episode called Just Bounty and yeah contextually that's the first thing that came to mind not not the not the ship although that's surprising because that's actually my favorite of the tos movies
1: cornucopia is taken i think for this episode (laughs) (laughs) so uh let's take a look at the chat because the chat is hopping as it always is i am a little sad to see your dad bob not in the pole position he's usually number one
2: he's here though
1: with a bullet but he's number three on the charts sad to say so hello everyone hello mark hello scott hello bob hello barbara They've got one Paul. I love the Pauls are kind of like, they're, they're checking themselves. They're like, okay, one Paul's here. Where are the other Pauls? Which is so funny. <laughs> Keep yourselves in line. Paul's hello, Carrie, Jason. There's Paul one. There's Paul two. Do we mm-hmm. have, a, do we have a Paul Fecta? Let's see. There's Brett. Hello, Brett, Carlos. If Paul, and there's oh, one my- Paul that I'm missing and I know who he is. And if he's not here, shame on you. Hey, Dave Taylor, what's happening, man?
2: My dad said he was busy eating.
1: There is Paula Harvith. I thought you're going to show up late, but you're not. You're here, and so many friends are. Ah, so.
2: uh, Mike is here. Hi. Oh,
1: there's John Champion. Hello, John Champion. He says, "Ha, brilliant cold open." Got Holly. So
2: <laughs> I did. I Gold don't read them. Me. I don't read them before. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that was a natural reaction. I did not read that before we went live.
1: Well, let's jump into what's happening on Mission Log this week. It's always fun and always exciting and always busy. So this Thursday, the new drop is going to be with our coverage of Voyager continuing with The Q and The Grey. The one where... Ooh, big it's, sigh. It's
2: not, okay. a great ep- it's not a great episode.
1: <laughs> Many reactions from Holly. We're only five minutes in or less. <laughs> Can't wait to get to the rest of the episode. So this is The Q and The Grey, the one where Q is in a civil war with Q, but... Hugh might have a way to end the hostilities if only Janeway will have his baby. Next on Mari Povich. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also have Mission Log the Orville and Mission Log Prodigy. So if you want to catch up on recent episodes, like the most recent Mission Log the Orville interview with composer Joel McNeely and the newest Star Trek Prodigy episode, which drops tomorrow, Tuesday, March 28th, where yours truly and Charlie Schmidt review the first Prodigy young adult book. So you'll definitely want to subscribe to youtube.com slash Roddenberry entertainment and subscribe to the mission log, the Orville and mission jog prodigy shows and make sure you stay in touch with all of our podcasts at podcasts.roddenberry.com. So should we just jump right into it? Because I think we're going to have a yeah. long conversation about many small conversations.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's, you're not going to mention every Easter egg in this recap. are
1: you? Oh no, Then it would be a 49 minute long episode. Hey, we already watched that. <laughs> Oh, I'm tipping my hand. Shame on me. Okay, so here we go with Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 6, The Bounty. The USS Titan is on the run from Federation authorities and has evaded capture by both Starfleet ships and the Shrike, leaving behind fake Titan transponders as bait. Vadic's leadership is challenged, but only for a moment as a loyal officer vaporizes an upstart mutineer as an example to the rest of Vadic's crew. She then orders them to scorch the earth underneath Picard's feet and find anyone he's ever cared about as leverage against him. In Sick Bay, Beverly gives Jean Luc the grim news about Jack. She's diagnosed him with irremotic syndrome. As it was for Jean Luc, being gifted with a golem body, it is terminal. The only advantage is that Jack's overclocked brain is able to easily detect and dispatch changelings, as he did earlier to four of them aboard the Titan. Afterwards, Jean Luc finds Jack on the Holodeck 10 Forward Avenue program and in Deep Bourbon. They try and find comfort spending time what little time they have, but Seven interrupts family time and tells Jean-Luc that Worf and Raffi have arrived. After dispensing with the, hey, haven't seen you in ages pleasantry, especially between Worf and Riker, the two agents debrief the command staff on information entrusted to them by Commander Rowe. After a stroll down Dominion War memory lane, Raffi cuts to the chase and tells them that whatever is at stake for the Federation's Frontier Day which is in less than 48 hours, lies within the heavily fortified Daystrom Institute, for which Worf and Rafi did manage to procure the key from their previous encounter with the Vulcan crime lord, Kryn. So here's the plan. The Titan is to warp into range of Daystrom Institute, avoid Federation patrols, beam over Riker, Worf, and Raffi, who will hack the most sophisticated Starfleet AI system, scour the database to discover what the changelings were really after, and finally, escape. Yeah, none of that worked out at all. The Titan was forced to flee, stranding the away team to face off against Daystrom's AI holographic defense program known to Worf and Riker as Professor Moriarty. But Riker was able to decipher a strange musical code in Moriarty's monologuing and whistled the right bars in response before Moriarty's very lethal pistol popped their weasels. And after defeating Daystrom's main boss level, they were given access to a vault containing an android, a biological positronic hybrid, an almost human version of data. Elsewhere, Picard and the crew of the Titan found shelter at the Athen Prime Fleet Museum. Kind of. The museum is home to some of Starfleet's greatest historical vessels and even one Klingon bird of prey salvaged from San Francisco Bay. And the museum's director is Commodore Geordi LaForge, Sydney's dad and someone who isn't as accommodating as Picard was hoping. In a private conversation, Geordi reads Picard the riot act for him and his, for he put he and his family in danger. However, Sydney chooses the Titan crew over her family because that's how her father raised her and her sister. So much so that they and Jack stole the cloaking device from the salvaged Klingon bird of prey to find a way for the Titan to get back to Daystrom undetected and save their friends. Watching Sydney's example, Geordi comes around and becomes the friend and engineer Picard needs for this mission. Upon returning to Daystrom, the cloaked Titan avoids patrols, but only for a moment. After decloaking to beam up the away team, they were able to retrieve Worf, Raffi, and the android. As Riker stayed behind to protect their escape and was captured in the process. Later, when Data was finally reactivated, he cycled through several of his integrated personalities, such as Lore and B Four before being able to identify what was stolen from Daystrom. Data's eyes projected an image of the superweapon that the changelings stole, the human remains of Jean-Luc Picard. Back at Daystrom, Riker is being savagely beaten by his captors when one of the guards vaporizes them. The guard then shapeshifts into Vatican, transports both of them to the Shrike, where she impresses upon Riker that he will betray Picard, forcing Riker to choose loyalty over Deanna Troy, who is on the Shrike in a prison cell. The end. All right.
2: <laughs> that was short. That was concise. Good for you.
1: I know, Ryan. Right? I tried so hard not to, like, <laughs> get trapped in Easter Egg Lane. That's, that's my new street name for what happens in episodes like this. I'm just going to walk down Easter Egg Lane. But... That's going to be, I think, part of so many different aspects of our conversations. And I did want to keep this short because I know that the conversations were going to be many because I have strong feelings about this episode. I think you have strong feelings about this episode. I think the callers may have strong feelings about this episode. So um, let's get to a couple (laughs) of hours and I'm going to let you go first. I would love for you to take the lead on this conversation.
2: I, I don't know how to properly phrase this I'm I'm struggling with how to articulate that the fan girl in me every time an easter egg comes up I'm like that Leonardo DiCaprio meme I'm like "Oh, oh it's very exciting but it was also kind of distracting I love a good easter egg this is this episode was stacked in a way that was distracting and at times didn't feel organic and that, that feels like I'm, like, complaining or that I am, am saying that I didn't like it or enjoy it. it that's that's the part that I can't articulate. That I actually really do enjoy all of these references and Easter eggs and callbacks. Like, I'm a junkie for these things. But also, I was like, that's even a little too much for me, I think.
1: I think we're stuck in that, that di- you know, I wouldn't say it's a debate, more of a discussion of how long do these seasons really need to be in order to accommodate these types of episodes in lieu of, like, a tighter plot line, which we were being given for, like, the last two episodes. The last two episodes of Picard Season 3 have been some of the best Star Trek that I've watched in a long time, Mm -hmm. and this wasn't for me. It wasn't terrible. It's just I spent more time at the end of the episode thinking about all the cool things that I saw rather than thinking how are they going to resolve this part of the How
2: are they advancing the storyline versus experiencing that like giddy fan nostalgia, the level of giddiness that I feel is almost like I'm a kid again. Moriarty. Listen, guys, I'm at, it, I'm wearing my Sherlock shirt. I love Moriarty. I love Sherlock Holmes in general. I started reading that stuff when I was a kid because of data and because I was a fan of his. And I thought Moriarty was going to play a, a much larger role.
1: Because of the teaser. One-
2: Right. This yeah. is one of the things that I was actually not upset with is that he's there for like two minutes. And I was like, great. That was a perfect amount of time. That was that was a nice little, you know, he he got a He got a couple of scenes and then he presumably he's going away.
1: I, I think it's neat that he was almost kind of like a manifestation of data using the A.I. to try and make contact with Riker.
2: Right. How, and so which... many different. I mean, obviously, Pop goes the weasel, but like the Crow. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a raven and birthright. Listen, they're different birds. But um, yeah, as soon as the bird flew in, I was like, oh, that's data. That's a data reference. Right. Because that's Uh, the only time we see a bird.
1: Here's my weird itch that I have to scratch when I see a hologram. I'm like holograms, they're made out of like photons and lights and programming and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So how does it miss with a pistol? It's like it has, It should have like because
2: it's robotic data, it wasn't more. It wasn't Moriarty. It was more. It was like data is. Data recognizes them. Why would data shoot them?
1: What if it was Moriarty and data was trying to basically just try and hack into Moriarty's brain? Saying, like, "Don't, oh, no, wait, wait, wait! Don't do this! Don't do this!"
2: Kind of. Thing. Also, where is Moriarty? Like they put him in that little cube to exist, thinking that he's in the outside world. Where, like, where? That's what I thought was going to happen is that 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 cube was going to get stolen or something.
1: Well, maybe it's like- Because Moriarty can apparently
2: outwit anybody, right?
1: Except for section 31, obviously, because they have everything in this museum. I'm not going to say I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry for like criticizing some of the things that I thought were weird in there. Like James T. Kirk's human remains. Why the hell are those in there? I'm sorry, Earl, do I have to edit that out? Maybe I should like take a deep (laughs) breath or something. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, I I have a lot of questions as to why both of their remains are in there from a level of from a level of consent, right? Because mm-hmm. if I was Picard and knew that something had been stolen from the Dastum Institute and also knew that my human remains were there, it would occur to me that maybe they stole my remains. Why is he, why are his remains there? Why are Kirk's there? Did either one of them give consent? Because that's one of the things that we. That we respect when people pass away is their their after-death wishes, right? You write down on a piece of paper somewhere that you would like to be buried or you would like to be cremated. And by and large, if people are not jerks about it, that will your wishes will be respected. Did either one of them consent for their remain? And why were there why do their remains need to be there at all?
1: Do you know what section 31's black badge stands for? It it means we don't care about consent. <laughs> that's that's in the section 31 bylaws
2: i mean perhaps they did and that's uh, we just you know know, it's maybe they maybe they both did i just i think it's a weird place for both of them to be like yeah that's fine
1: section 31 has a subclause in their own charter that's called section 31 we can do anything we want so that's that feels so
2: disrespectful yeah i know Okay. Wait for the
1: TV show. Yeah,
2: let, let, let's bring Chris in, because I have yeah. Like, yeah. Let's,
1: let's see let's, Yeah, let's see what the callers have to say and see if we're going to get into some organic trouble here with more of the nitpickings. Or not. I could be completely just seeing this one-sided, which I usually do. Chris is in the 10 forwards.
3: Hello. I, I'm always in the 10 forwards. <laughs> my second home. Um, no, uh, it was kind of a mixed bag for me this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the callbacks and the references, like, they're fine, but my thing is, like, I want my callbacks and my references to be meaningful and say something like seven looking at Voyager, great content that tells mm-hmm. you about seven that tells you about her interiority.
2: Also the same? theme playing, the, theme,
3: yes, yes, the yeah. theme
2: playing behind each one of the, I mean, even behind the bounty, you heard the,
3: the Star Trek four theme. <laughs> yeah, no, that was really good. But they're like, and then contrast that with like the daystrom haunted house, which is just like, here's a whole bunch of random stuff that we threw in and maybe it's cool, and maybe it's not, and also Kirk's body is here. Yeah, that's still weird. And why they did we build sad.
2: another Genesis? Like,
3: Jack Genesis? Jack. Genesis.
2: <laughs> why is there
3: another one? We try not to think about that.
1: You yeah. know what's weird? We're, like, I want to hide behind a pillar that's perforated so that I can protect myself against a bullet, but the walls have holes in them. So, yeah, maybe yeah. if Moriarty got a good shot off, that's the end of the story
3: saying w- i will say i did like the the pop goes the weasel thing because that one that was a nice callback to like the very beginning but also oh, yeah. i like that it like it brings in Riker like being a musician and like knowing things that it's Riker who's like oh a sharp b flat whatever that right. was, was kind of clever i did like that um what i really did like what i really really liked was anything and everything with forage family drama give me more of that like sydney is fantastic lavar It's wonderful to see him again. Even Mika. Mika's doing great stuff. Like I mean, even
2: Sydney. And Sydney is the name of LaForge's children in All Good Things. So, like, even her name is a callback. So it was Alondra. And then they have a, in the alternate reality, they had a brother named Brett. And their mother was Leah, who we assume is Leah Brahms. Uh, even that's all a callback, but I I like that we're finally like meeting those characters and that they use those names,
3: right? And but... that's the thing is like, yeah, he has kids and they're named that, and that's cool. But we're like Ashley Sharp is putting so much more into this than we ever would have got from just like it's not just that she's named that; it's that she's an interesting character that she has this dynamic with Jordy yeah. that she wants the approval but she can't quite get it. But maybe he does approve and the whole like, It's work.
2: it's yeah. interesting to me that he seemingly doesn't approve of her being a pilot because he was a pilot for the first season.
3: They brought that up on the ready room. Yeah, she was like, "No, you drove the ship in season 1." he was like, "Yeah, I did. I did do that." Yeah,
2: he what he both of his kids have become the two things that he was. We don't see very much of him being a pilot cuz then he's promoted.
1: I but. mean, I I've really liked like the whole focus on like these crew members that have become parents now and how they've reacted to being parents. Like, I really do like how LeVar just took Jordy and kind of, you know, turned him, you know, just a little bit, you know, into a less, maybe carefree, happy-go-lucky guy because now he has, you know, children to protect. It's like, you know, it, it was different when it was just me, you know? And Humanistic
2: go, thing to yeah. to to change your priorities in terms of, like, putting yourself in danger when you have kids.
1: But it's like, so Riker, you know, because of what happened to his son, he's like, I need to go find a a way to deal with this myself. Like I need to go out there. I need to, you know, to reconnect with what made that special because he doesn't have that responsibility anymore. And he's trying to find sense, you know, in, in what happened to his life. And now you have Jordy. He's like, he has everything that he wants in life. So he doesn't want Picard to come here. And just because Picard says, I need you, you know, he's not coming to heal. I'm like, no, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, a, a a puppy, you know, just you can snap your fingers and I'm going to, like, you know, leap into your lap and say, like, hey, let's go, you know, trot around the universe again and save lives and get into danger. I can't do that. I got these two girls I got to take care of. But I do like how.
2: Well, and their mom, too, because he yeah. mentions their mother.
1: So I think it's neat. And then there's, well, I'm not going to bring up Worf.
2: <laughs> Where's Alexander? That really is the question, isn't it?
3: <laughs> Oh yeah. uh, well, he's in he's in the new comics, uh, but those are pre the show, so it doesn't really matter. But he is there; he's back okay. doing things.
1: But there is a lot of focus on you know the the crew and their children, or how they're handling life with children. And I think it's 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 consistent at least. You know, well, I, it's though, all
2: it's all great character development. You know, I see a lot of people um saying that you know so and so Riker is acting out of you know character, and I'm like, it's twenty year, twenty thirty years later, they mm-hmm. have different priorities, they have they have spouses, they have kids, like it's all great character development. You can't expect oh, yeah. them to be the exact so that, same.
3: That's the thing is like for me, and I think for a lot of people, like I don't just want to watch. TNG reruns. If I want to watch TNG reruns, I'll watch TNG reruns. There's I quite a you. few of them. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to see these people like in- internalize, like all of the time that has passed as, you know, real human beings do. Uh, so I think Jordy this week was a great example of that. And all of them, just the whole, the whole conceit about family and intergenerational such. So yeah, like Jordy stuff, really good based from not as much, but I'm hopeful i well, still how like you, it like we haven't had a bad episode yet i don't think
2: how, how do you feel about data
3: <laughs> i mean good, good for brent good
2: guys for i love data i love <laughs> data so much he's my favorite star trek character of all time i've seen him die twice i don't want to do it again
1: but it's not data
2: he just it's kind of data and he just but it's kind just... of
1: lore and it's kind of before
2: Uh, But Data is in there continuing to exist. And if I was Data, I'd be like, I don't want to live forever. Can you just let me rest, please?
1: He is fighting for superiority in there. So
2: I love Brent Spiner. I love Data. I am weirdly disappointed that they brought Data back. It feels lazy.
3: I mean, it's, it's one of those things like... I, I get that, but it's also like, what were you going to do? Not bring him back for the big final hurrah. Great. Was- and
2: I, it, it, great question, because I was still, even though like, after I would like, you know, really analyzed my thoughts and was like, I'm a little bit disappointed that they brought data back. Cause you know, we've seen him die twice and maybe we just let him rest in peace. But I was also like, ah! <laughs> and when, when Jordy sees him, the most yeah, joy of he's course it's like, like data and i'm like oh my god
1: and maybe that's why data that you know that personality surfaced the longest because it, Jordy was there like my friend's there i'm fighting for
2: yeah uh, i mean arguably that'd be a really good reason to be like no this per- this is the personality
3: that's going to come forward
1: all right one last point here chris and then we're gonna move on to the
3: next caller uh yes i you will appreciate this norm you've already heard but I'll yeah. say it on live on air NX-01 refit, baby. Right?
1: Yeah. That's what I'm talking about.
3: It's doing its thing.
1: It's canon. Yep. It's like a canon. big one. Bang. canon. Very excited. Dang. <laughs> canon that. Yeah, I was excited to see that. And uh, I was excited for Doug Drexler because he worked hard on that ship.
3: So mm-hmm. <laughs> I got one of them in my office, one of the little mini ships running my desk. Yes, sir.
1: All right. righty. Well, thanks, Chris. Um, thanks for your honesty. I appreciate that. It wasn't just all, you know, all positives. Oh, you were know, oh, yeah. some critiques. I, I, like, I appreciate that.
3: Yeah, I like to try and bring some well thought out criticism to be on brand, but yeah. Thank you. Good- Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks All right, for calling me on, guys. To Talk to you later. Right. Jason had big heart for data.
4: Jason's up next. So he,
2: he's, a, is that the enterprise? It, it is, is the
4: enterprise, enterprise from disco. If you, Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So uh, the lighting.
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Big, uh, big heart sign. When, uh, Holly mentioned <sighs> data.
4: Okay, I, I, okay. Holly actually had it exactly right. It's like data, yes. Jordy, data, yes. And then when I got done like, damn, that was a lot of Easter eggs. Um, I don't you. know
2: how to explain it because I'm not. I, I don't hate the Easter eggs, but I'm also I don't know how to articulate it. You guys, I gotta, I gotta find words. I've been well, thinking about Jason it for can. like, like three days. Help Jason, me. please
1: articulate for us.
4: Well, I've been feeling almost the exact same way. On one hand, it was like seeing the Fleet Museum was, because I am s- such a starship porn guy, was awesome. It was exactly what you wanted in there.
2: And, and, and from a continuity stand-wise, in, in Relics, Picard says to Scotty, there's a const- an old constitution class in the Fleet Museum, and, and it ends up New being Jersey. the New Jerseys there. Fantastic. And,
4: and Scotty, of course, says, the Enterprise. I bet Jim Kirk dragged her out. Well, we know what the Enterprise A is there. And actually, yeah. it made me happy because my Enterprise A model said she's in the Fleet Museum and it's mm-hmm. now canon. So it's like,
2: finally. Do you think that that's a weird place for the Fleet Museum to be? Like, can't somebody just cruise by and just blow them all to kingdom come?
1: Only <laughs> if you have a clocking device.
2: I kind, of wonder
4: where, mm-hmm. I kind of wonder where it is in Federation space. It, it's, we're, we're really, everything seems to be all over the place. And, you know, as with all things Star Trek, you get to go exactly how fast your plot needs you to go. It's right through the warp numbers. You, you travel by speed of plot. It's plot speed factor.
5: <laughs> but, plot speed.
4: <laughs> but for, in terms of this episode, it's like on one hand, there are such wonderful character moments in there. I loved it. There were so many good Easter eggs. I loved it. It's yeah, a there is episode they're setting up for the for the big battle so I can kind of give it a pass. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, yeah, I'm saying I'm going, what do we actually do plot wise besides just show off a whole bunch of really cool stuff and give us some really cool character
2: moments? Well, Riker got
4: kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. like I said, that, that's just setting up the board for the final battle. Yes,
2: yeah. yes. Um, can we talk about the pacing a little bit? Yeah. Did, did you feel like the pacing at some particularly because you just mentioned some of the character scenes when um, when Elton is talking, uh, when when they actually like go in and find this Android and, and they Elton's talking and they're listening to that. And that's sort of crossing over with Picard giving that speech to to Geordi and the, the music in the background and the cuts to the daughters. And like that felt very Movie to me, mm-hmm.
4: yeah, yeah. I I actually had a problem with the pacing because I thought, okay, the here's data. Okay, that's going to be the reveal. Okay, and we're still going. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> oh, okay. Here's the reveal. It, it's it's uh, data recognizes Jordi. That's the reveal. We're still going. Jean Luc Picard. Okay, Jean Luc Picard. That's the reveal. Oh no, wait a minute. We got to catch up with Riker real quick. It's like d- d- felt like a uh, it was a oh, lot of
2: information. I think <laughs> I t- after I watched it, I I tweeted about it, and it literally my tweet was just like so much information. My brain, like I had to, I was like, I have to, I have to think about this, and then rewatch it. I rewatched it today because I was, you know, I was like, I need to get my thoughts straight, and I still don't have them straight. I don't. Well, I mean,
1: when you have them either. When you took a look at like the last two episodes, pacing, or even the pacing from the, from the very start, you had all these wonderful moments with the relationships of the characters, kind of like like refinding themselves. You know, they like say Beverly and and Jean-Luc. You know, that took time; they were giving giving it time to breathe. You know, and there were a lot of you know uh, other things that were happening around them, but you could always focus on them or those heartbreaking moments with Riker and Troy. You know, them reconnecting. Understanding why he was out there, him finding himself again, and then no, and then that scene that pretty much brought everyone to tears at the end of uh, was episode three, and those were all nicely spaced out and gave you time to actually kind of wallow and digest all of that. But in in this episode, it's hey, look, there's this and that. There's Worf, Riker, Worf, Picard, Picard, you know, and uh, and then Jack again, and then there's Seven and Raffi and. They didn't even like bother focusing on any of their relationship. And then there's Jordy and Data. And then there's Riker and Data. And then there's like everyone, you know, of course we want to see them all together, you know, in time. But it feels like someone had slated an extra episode in this season and said, no, we're only allowed 10. You're going to have to take one of them and shove it into another episode. And I felt like it was this one, like this one should have been two episodes, but they're like, oh, we don't have room for two episodes. You got to get to the last four episode arc so we can finish the story. And that's where it's like, oh, look, oh, look, oh, look, oh, look, oh, look, and done. And you felt like, well, maybe if they didn't spend like a lot of time flying around the fleet museum, we kind of, you know, told more story. But at the same time, I'm like with you and Holly, I'm like, oh, that fleet museum was awesome. It was
2: great right? ship porn. Yeah, like I don't disagree with that, but it, it's just a—it was just a lot to take in.
1: It's because it's so good. If it was like mediocre or the you know the effects weren't great or whatever, but you're literally
2: Ugh, seeing what clo- everyone
1: has built up in their brains.
2: The cloaking noise too. So the cloaking noise is a noise that we used on the video game that I worked on for a while in 2018, and there was. <laughs> I heard it and there was like a weird core memory that ignited in me that I was like, I like, like physically jolted when I was like, oh, it's the cloaking. I'll
1: tell you what, though, if like if Sydney or Jack like had a giant glowing ball as a cloaking device, (laughs) I would have lost my mind. Like, of course, in today's standards, but just referencing back, you know, to the Enterprise incident all the way back. I mean, we're going to bring out Easter eggs, bring out the big ones, right? Make it an Easter egg shaped cloaking device. I mean, who cares? Right. Something like that.
4: Well, it used to be Sargon's ball, so they could probably do some weird-looking clouds. Oh, that's true. Exactly <laughs> like an
2: Easter
1: egg. Oh, that's funny. Good,
2: so we good are call. close to uh, Easter's next month, you guys.
1: And true, true, true. In true. like three weeks. Great um,
2: timing.
1: <laughs> uh, we have time for about one more point here with Jason, and then we're going to get right on to the mid-show break because I want to talk about Star Trek wines.
4: Ooh, lovely.
1: yeah. Actually, why don't you um, – I'm going to do Star Trek Wines now. You hold on. I'll bring you back. We can continue our conversation, and then we'll get to our next caller after you. But I don't want to cut you off just for an ad. The ad's important, but you're just as important, Jason. So here we go. I'm going to talk about Star Trek Wines here because we love Star Trek Wines. Holly has a glass of wine. I'm not going to ask you what's in it. I'm just. I'm glad that you're having wine.
2: It's Chateau Picard.
1: Of course it is. Thank you for leading (laughs) me into Chateau Picard because in Star Trek Wines, we have Chateau Picard from the real Chateau Picard. And Star Trek Wines, you know, uh, our sponsor for this show, they offer vintages 2221, 2386, and the gorgeous 2401 is seen in this season. It's the uh, bottle that was, uh, it was kind of pushed off to the side by Shaw, who's not a huge fan of wines, but we're a huge fan of wines. And we're a huge fan of that bottle because here's how accurate that bottle is, Holly. So this is from their website. The 24- twenty four oh. The 2401 Vintage has a full metal label and a silicone mm-hmm. rubber topper. This is the replica of the show prop, and the metal label has the family mark Chateau Picard, and the varietal, the 2401 Vintage, stamped into the metal. The topper itself is a, it's a faux wax seal, and it's actually made by, in silicone, and it's stamped with the words Vendange au Chateau Sol 3 And I went deep into geekery on this. So um, aside from that, I'm going to get to the translation. This world-class, highly regarded, crude bourgeois Bordeaux was imported from the actual Chateau Picard in France because Star Trek wines wouldn't have it any other way. And we as fans, that's what we expect from them. So I did Google Vendange Al Chateau Soul 3, and it translates to vintage of the castle Soul 3 or Earth Mm -hmm. or vintage of Earth. And vintage, of course, meaning the year or place which wine, especially wine of high quality, was produced. So what varietal are you drinking tonight, Holly? What Chateau Picard year?
2: Twenty two, twenty
1: one. And how is it? And
2: it's, well, it's not a sour mead.
1: That was awesome. Worf. I know. He has great taste in opera, but not such great taste in wine. Then again, I'm not sure how good his opera actually is. So.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I'm doing, it's it's the twenty two twenty one.
1: Well, We're going to have to get some tasting notes from Holly later, but if you would like to get your own bottle of Chateau Picard and support our sponsor, Star Trek Wines, and you can also get something very, very cool for free, go to StarTrekWines.com and make sure you use our code Roddenberry when you check out, because if you do, you get the United Federation of Planets medallion for free when when you add it to your cart and use the checkout code Roddenberry. Remember this, you have to add the medallion to your cart first, then use the checkout code and then you get that for free. And if you want to display your 2401 or any of your varietals, and you want to keep that bottle pristine and on your shelf, you can always go to twank.com and use our code Roddenberry to get 15% off the decanter set or any other items that you order, but the decanter set will display your wine gorgeously if you want to serve it to your guests or just have it for yourself when you're watching an episode of Picard. So Thank you for the listening to the spiel, and thank you for supporting our sponsor, Star Trek Wines. All right, now I'll get back to Jason, because <sighs> do, you think this, do you think this episode, I, I want to phrase this in a way. I mean, in the chat, there's a lot of conversation about is this episode maybe an Easter egg too far in terms of fan service? Do you think it was?
4: Watching it, I didn't think so. Watching it, I loved it every single reference, like,
2: ooh, 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 ooh. It was Mm -hmm. the afterthought that hit you. It was the
4: afterthought when it was kind of like, it was like having a really delicious, like, high sugar meal, and then afterwards, you have regrets.
2: Oh, oh, okay. That's a great way to put it, is that it's a really delightful, tasty meal, and then you don't feel satisfied. (gasps) Yeah. Is that it? it? Did I figure it out?
4: I I think that's exactly it. But it's also because it's setting up for so much. I I feel like I want to be fair and say, I got to see where it leads. If if there's like payoffs for all of this, then great. But at the end of 10 episodes, if this was it, it's going to be.
2: Yeah. mm.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to get done in four episodes, you know, Mm -hmm. less than four, four total hours, you know, four 49 minute episodes ish. You know, so and, uh,
2: what concerns me about that is that we've had, you know, even Discovery is sometimes not great at this. Is that they, there's a lot of threads that they got to wrap up, and then they they manage to, but sometimes sloppily.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, you have to have your fingers crossed because I think that they have a lot of great things in development right now in the plot in the story. But you know, Holly made a great point. We were talking about this offline right before we got on the show. She was like. I thought this was going to be focused on like explaining what happened to Jack with the Eremotic syndrome and how he's able to uh, sniff out changelings and, you know, just, dis- you know, ex- that
2: doesn't, exterminate does, them. It that doesn't feel like it still feels like there's some sleeper cell component that is not attached to that syndrome. That's not a part of the syndrome that we've, I mean, are they just m- making up new side effects? Cause that's not something that we've seen. Ugh, I don't know. I you guys.
4: A, I think it's a misdirect that this
2: whole. Well, oh, season- you think it's a red herring?
4: Yeah, one misdirect after another to make us think this is going to happen, and then the red woman else. hearing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. Uh, I, know, I, I alan just... has been. Uh, sorry, I say. I said. Poor alan has been
2: Alan in the right lower decks
4: so long. <laughs>
1: no lower the lower decks le- can stand there. They can stay there. That's what the lower <laughs> no, decks are. That's for. what lower deckers do. Yes. Give them smaller. Give them smaller quarters. Right in the middle of a hallway. That's what they so, deserve.
4: <laughs> but I will leave you guys with one one final point, and then I'll I'll leave off for the always entertaining Alan. Uh, Um, Always? Always entertaining. (laughs) Definitely always entertaining. (laughs) Um, Do you guys think Picard is becoming more Picard-ish, if that's a way, the more TNG characters we get? It's less grumpy old man Picard from the last two seasons and more like Captain Picard. Every, Every additional TNG crew member that comes in, he seems to be more of him...
2: Of the old Picard. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I feel like that, you know, if you are an adult and you come into contact with childhood friends, I feel like you do revert to a certain mentality that you had then. So, yeah, that's a great observation. And and I, I hope that that is um, a conscious choice that either the writers or or Sir Patrick made. Because, yeah, I mean, you, you would revert to a former version of yourself when you're in the presence of people that are part of your past.
1: I mean, if you've, you know, in team leadership, you know, you're only as good as how you lead your team, right? So if you don't have a team to lead, you're, as a leader, you're not really all that well-versed in leading yourself. You know, a solo operation only gets you so far, but being able to manage the expectation of a team and bringing out the best in each member you know wherever they're at in their lives i mean that's just the sign of you know natural born leadership and that's what card is you know that's what a captain is or you're supposed to i don't really see that a lot in shaw at least not yet but that's the difference, you know. You're seeing kind of like the the difference in style and the difference in experience and just the difference in caring for the crew at that level. But that's why I love Jordy's reaction because Jordy's like, "I had my time with you, and we did great things, and we changed history, and we saved the universe again and again. But now I got a family to take care of. So you do what you need to do. I do what my you know what I need to do. And as your former, as someone who led this team and me under your leadership command, I think you should respect that. And I liked how he put his foot down, and I'm glad that it wasn't Picard that swayed him. I'm glad. It was his daughter who learned from example. You know, I thought that was great.
4: The dad um, moment was perfect. I love the book, both yeah. dad moments. Yeah. Sydney, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> no. Any case, I'll take off now, so
2: thank, thank you, you.
1: Much. All right, thanks, Jason. Thanks for calling in, man. All right, and the ever-entertaining Alan is
4: up.
2: In the lower deck. Always.
0: <laughs> always.
2: Always entertaining.
0: <laughs> Pardon me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's... <laughs> my god what what a what a what a thing to have to live up to now <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. all right well we'll lead you into the conversation with kind of yeah. like the same thing that that Holly and I are wrestling with you know how are how do you articulate you know your response to this episode unless you're completely like I absolutely loved it but I'm just you know just curious
0: I honestly I think I'm kind of on the same wavelength as you guys are where it's where it, it, it's a little bit difficult because the last two were really really good mm-hmm. and this is great this is good it's good stuff lots of interesting things happened um, it did sort of feel like to a certain degree let's throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks maybe um, but but yeah I mean it's it's uh, I think it's uh, progressing the show fairly well um holly i was great to hear you say uh that that this was like the right amount of moriarty because that's kind of how i've been feeling too i watched it on you know last week i watched it earlier today uh just to refresh myself and afterwards i was like that was just about right yeah and because yeah i mean those, those episodes were very special for me, too. Uh, they're some of my favorites. Um, and uh, But there's a part of me that's like, you know, just like we had an episode where it was all about Ro last week. The Moriarty character is almost to a point where if you really wanted to have Moriarty, you need a Moriarty episode. The fact that it's just Data's impression of Moriarty.
2: And it's a cameo.
0: And it's a cameo. Exactly. This is there's nothing else that needs to happen. And honestly, I don't know if I would necessarily want an episode with, with Moriarty because that kind of to me that starts to get into like fan filmish. Yeah. This is who we could sign for our independent production. Kind of territory.
2: So for me, I mean, one of my theories is is that Moriarty might have been the thing that's stolen because again, he's somewhere existing in that little hollow deck cube that they put him in. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he was programmed to be able to literally outwit data. So if he can outwit data, I feel like he can outwit. Mo- so that's who I thought that. They, yeah. And if they, if that's going to be what was stolen from daystrom um more of mariarty would have well I would have had to see how it turned out before I you know made a decision as to whether or not I liked it but because he's not the thing that was stolen it was the perfect amount of time exactly there.
0: yeah and and there you know there's a certain rabbit hole that you can go down in terms of like how this could have played out if that if that had been different a lot of this show has been about sentient ai and you know you can tie moriarty's sentience into all of that and so you know i can see where fans can sort of you know play the jump to conclusions game and and (laughs) and think about that well done sir
1: well done. but
0: uh you know i'm curious as as everybody else just to see how things go i will say the only thing that that bummed me out a little bit in retrospect about the both the uh the Blackbird singing in the dead of night and uh, <laughs> Professor Moriarty is that those don't really feel like connections the data has with Riker. Oh, uh, really? Uh, like
2: those. Well, those feel the like Pop boring. Goes the Weasel definitely yeah, isn't. Does. And if you notice, Pop Goes the Weasel was also being played by a violin.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, yep.
2: I feel like arguably the rate. Well, I mean, they're calling it a crow, but again, it's a Raven. <laughs> yeah. It was a Raven. You guys, um, I feel like that you could make that argument. Cause I feel like that's more of a connection that maybe he would have, that, that data would have had with Picard because mm-hmm. Picard is the one that encouraged him to like do the paintings and stuff. Because that was, exactly. uh, if you guys don't remember, that was the episode where data started having dreams and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, I don't disagree with you, but that being said, as the audience member, when the cr- when the crow Ooh, yeah. flew out, I was like, "Oh, that's a data reference. This is this is where we're, this is where data or lore or somebody's going to pop in." Now,
1: yeah, I like how you brought that up, Holly, how you phrase that as an audience member because you, more than most, know this, this crew, these memories, this nostalgia for the people and that data. are watching. <laughs> and data, but the people <laughs> that are watching that are not as well versed, I think. In my opinion, I think that this episode would have lost them.
2: Yeah, I mean that's a good point that that the crow might have been. A disservice to new fans that that was a little bit too deep of a cut.
1: So yeah. is it is it fair to say with everything that we've seen so far, and especially such a an Easter egg packed fan service based episode like this, that they're just basically saying this is a fan service season? We're going to make zero apologies <laughs> for it. We're just going to give the fans what they want and swing for the fences and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, That's I mean, it, and it you is
2: presumably the last time we're going to see picard because patrick only agreed to three to three seasons so yeah right and i mean i'm but you know brent thought that he was going to do nemesis and kill data off and he's now he's alive again a second a third time i don't know
1: exactly as as a fan (laughs) i like that and i guess like this is where we are with i think this episode really puts you know this particular discussion uh kind of like on the hot seat like As a fan, we're like, well, forget it. Like, I'm just going to forgive everything. I just want to see what I want to see and whatever. And the story can just be whatever it is, you know, because we've already gotten good stories from this cast and and this history. But as somebody who wants to push entertainment forward and say, you know, no, we should demand more. We should demand better quality content, even if it's still set in the universe with these characters and with this history. I mean, I think that that there is a balance there. And I think it was very well balanced so far, especially in the last two episodes. And then you get to this episode, and it was so out of balance because yeah. all you're really left with is a lot of kind of like just the 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 regret of how that could have been, even yeah. though the regret is tapered or tempered by, wow, dude, the CGI <laughs> ship looks so good. Oh my god, Didn't the they? Fleet Museum looks so good. It was amazing. Well, like- I think
2: it's it's going to be a question of how the last four episodes play out. Because if those are well balanced, then I can forgive this center episode that is very much like all the characters getting together. And like, you yeah. know, because the character in order to, presumably in order to tell the rest of the story, the characters had to have come back into contact with each other. You yeah. got to so, set the
0: table. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. But so I... I I hope that this nostalgia-heavy episode is not in vain. Yeah, that the rest of the episodes, again, tie up all the loose ends, and, and, in a, and in a way that doesn't feel again sloppy, which is something that we've had happen with Picard, and something we've had happen with some of the other shows.
1: I gotta say though, I think my favorite moment in the entire episode was when Shaw got all fanboyish in front of Jordy. That that was, was great, awesome, wasn't and that? It- and it's so, so good. It's like, how many different versions of this guy are we going to see? It's like, we're getting a fully <laughs> rounded character in like what? Six episodes so
2: far. Yeah. And well. I, he's trying to be like, he's trying to be so, um, professional. And he's just totally tripping over himself, which I, you know, I've, I've met some of the people that, that are actors on Star Trek and work on Star Trek because I've, I've been working for the franchise for a while, but I, I'm almost reminded of the time the first time I met Michael Gacchino and I was completely out of context and didn't know that I was going to meet him. And I screamed in his face and we still joke about it. Oh my. <laughs> I, I screamed. It like, was like embarrassing. The arm,
1: like the arm around someone, like give him the wall of text kind of scream. Like, Hey. You know that meme, or just
2: "Oh my God, you're Michael Giacchino." That, yeah, uh, uh, n- and not even like saying his name. I literally was just like audibly ah, and then yeah. I had to turn around, collect my thoughts, and then I turned back around and stuck my hand out to shake his. Throat. It was so. <laughs> that's how I feel. And that that whole scene with Shaw, I was like, "Oh God, well, this is adorable."
0: And. How how perfect is it that he loves Jordy? Because he's an engineer. He's an a. Yeah. He's an engineer. Two Jordy of all I, the I, engineers. Has I'm been getting all your like,
1: references. By the way, Ali, you're not getting anything past me right now. Okay, he's good.
0: He, he's like the the Jordy was kind of like the no nonsense engineer guy too. Like. Shaw has been living through Relics for the past 6 6 episodes now and now he's finally got the guy who probably might understand because he was there too. It's like ah, you know, you've got uh yeah, you've got this this these these people who have come to take over your job for no good reason and you have to put up with them and yet and yet here we are
1: i kind of <laughs> wish that shaw was there at the end like helping jordy out like you know retrofit the uh you know the cloaking device into the into the ship like can you help me with this and shaw be all like yeah can
2: I? <laughs> guys carlos Ooh. in the chat says jordy is shaw's Brahms. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well oh done. man. Circle gets yeah. the square. Well
0: don't done, uh yeah, don't 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 go back to that program.
1: <laughs> All right. One last thing, Alan, then we got uh one-off caller and then Yeah. Uh, we'll see
0: where well, we Well, I I just you know, I this is kind of like a a a quick little um one-off, one-off question, I guess. That's something uh-huh. that, that kind of occurred to me. Uh, you know, Brandon gave us the Bozeman. Terry has now given us the New Jersey. Mike McMahon gave us every GD city in California.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. You
0: can name a starship. What do you name it?
1: (laughs) Like right now?
0: Yeah. If you, if just off the top of your head, obviously I've had time to think about it. So I'll go first. Go first. I'm naming it after the place that I loved as a child, the USS Woodfield mall. (laughs) There you go.
2: (laughs) I um, I actually have a ship that didn't make it on screen in the in the pilot episode of Discovery called the USS Amos. Um, It was not chosen out of all of them. Hey, somebody Um, type that in the chat. There you go. Uh, uh, yeah that that actually exists, but didn't make it on screen. Um, I would actually want my my hometown to be in um lower decks so i would want awesome. cuz i i grew up in california um and i grew up in a very 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 small town who got city status when i was in college <laughs> so uh the the uss Wildmar, and Fantastic. then pe- and then people would uh mispronounce it and call it the wild omar <laughs>
1: <laughs> when uh when i played star trek online like when it first came out you know i got the collector's edition with the big brass delta and The big silver package and you know i fired up my ship created it the name the first and only name i ever thought of it just popped into my head was the uss valjean and my registration number was
2: 24601
0: nice yeah
1: yeah so do you hear the people sing
2: is that tranya (laughs) are you drinking tranya
0: uh, no, this is uh, literal sour mead. I'm, well. drinking summer, I'm drinking a summer shandy. So yeah, uh, beer with honey. So yeah, sour mead.
1: <laughs> well done. Okay, I Worf. You, I bet you, uh, you know, on Kronos they thought that it was like the best blood wine ever. So oh yeah. yeah.
0: Well, have a good, have a good rest of your evening. I'll uh, I'll cede the floor and uh, we'll be back hopefully uh, in seven days for episode seven.
1: All right, stay always entertaining, Alan. Always,
0: always entertaining. Mm. Oh, All right, gonna turn that gonna put taste. that
1: on a <laughs> on screen on a T shirt. <laughs> See you later, Lou. I haven't seen you in a spell. Why What's does it say man? call me
2: Paul? Are you Paul? Paul the fourth? Oh, you're muted. You're muted. Your still,
5: that wasn't me.
2: There you go. Uh.
5: But uh, no, you, you you always say that we, we need we need more polls. So I thought, okay, if you're if you're short of polls, I'll give you another one.
2: Ah, oh, so uh, we have four now. <laughs> <laughs> I
5: was a little late. I went from one Zoom to another, uh, and uh, I figure if it's uh, if it's 7:50 uh, Pacific and 10:50 in the East, and to my my Canadian fans, 12:20 in Newfoundland. Uh, I didn't prepare as much as I uh, as I would have normally, but I wanted to, to first of all rejoin you guys because, like you said, That's it's
1: been a, been a minute.
5: Yeah, yeah. Um, I am. Um, it's funny because in in uh, what passes for real life, I've been overwhelmed lately, and episode six overwhelmed me again. I will mm. say that um, a lot
1: in a good of or a changing, bad way.
5: Uh I I I I needed to power down after I saw it because I, I thought there were like three or four uh, potential different endings or different reveals <laughs> and, and uh, that was that was dealt with earlier and I said okay so that happened but then this happened and then this happened a lot of info um, I did because I thought Worf had uh, had actually died in the battle with Rafi and I still can't quite figure out what happened and how they fooled everybody. I didn't necessarily accept that Ro had died, although the uh the uh, uh the, the, the visual is a little bit more um uh, uh more final than anything.
2: Yeah. Else. So, I uh, mean the build up was definitely different. You know, Worf got stabbed and I was like, Oh that felt abrupt, he's not dead and yeah. then Row, it was like this huge emotional sequence and build up. And I was like, ah, oh, no, they really killed her. That's yeah, when, so when they, you're in the, they,
1: when you're in the spy game though, you got to sell it. you know?
5: But did they cheat us in, in, in bringing back a character only to have them killed off again after basically a very brief, a uh, uh, little more than cameo appearance. I mean, this happened with, um, uh, God, this, this happened with the, uh, the board, uh, the board kid whose name is already. you Yeah.
2: Well, not Hugh, the other one well actually both of them yes <laughs> i mean i was thinking of Hugh because that oh, was no,
1: um each of
2: each yeah exactly uh
5: so i i thought for a while and and i thought that the card was giving her something but apparently it was the ring of uh, the earring that she gave him so mm. i don't know if that was a misdirection or if i'm just not paying that much attention it's, it's, well, it's hard to follow everything
1: In her Uh, her earring, it had all of that, you know, that uh, covert data.
2: Yeah, it was basically a thumb drive. As it turns out, yeah.
5: But but I I don't think we, I I didn't suspect that at the beginning. It was, it was. Right,
1: it was just a, sure. It was
5: a nice, and I like it. I like it when I get surprised. I'll tell you that. If I see a plot or a plot hole happening, uh, or I, I, I can guess who the murderer is, it's not as much fun for me. Yeah, uh, sure. I, I I don't know if I consider Marina Sirtis back for the show Because we're still seeing her in holograms And I don't know if if, if you have any more inf- inside information Certainly I don't But uh, well, flights aren't so expensive that they can't fly Marina from Britain to I'm assuming they shoot in California
2: Yeah, they're shooting in Los they're shooting a,
5: Angeles They're not shooting this series up here No
2: Well, that's because they don't want to make Patrick travel that much. (laughs) Uh,
1: Okay. Patrick traveling versus Marine traveling, I think he's gonna win out on
2: Do you but let me ask you this. Do you think that I mean, do you think Troy in the brig that we saw at the end, do you think that that she's not really there?
5: I don't know what I saw. I I think she's a change. I I saw that scene three times. I am not convinced from the little uh, cutaway the the the, the medium close up as we say in the biz. I'm not convinced that that wasn't hologrammatic. I'm not convinced that it
2: or wasn't. a changeling.
5: Oh wow! <laughs> See, that's what I said. So oh, it just blew my mind again. You're not
2: supposed to do that.
5: I just no, said, said that. So You're not, not listening to what I just said. I said it,
1: I said a changeling. I said this earlier on. So the at the uh, very beginning of the episode in the recap, I said that Vadic specifically said that she wants to scorch the earth and find everyone that's meaningful to Picard. Okay. Picard, right? But all of a sudden, now she has Riker, and Riker, capturing Riker wasn't her plan. Mm -hmm. So she has to move very quickly in order to-
2: And how would would she have known who of that party that she would have, like, who she would have captured? Like, she- it could be a changeling that's pretending to be Alexander. If they had, if they had gotten Worf, although maybe Worf wouldn't care about that.
5: Well, um, I mean, at least the fact that the, the the beam happened to hit Riker was just just luck or coincidence. I don't think right. that was planned. They just tried to get to get somebody fleeing. I don't I don't think that was their intention.
1: If they had any intelligence on anyone that broke in, it would have been one of three people that they wouldn't be able to plan for: Raffi, Riker, or Worf. or Worf, whoever they captured.
2: Raffi, to... it would have been either have been her son or her son. granddaughter. Um Warf it would have been fuck, nobody. I would say Alexander, but I don't know where he. is. <laughs> would it like, uh, oh, trophy yeah. for best dad of the year goes to yeah, Warf. No, exactly. um, what what weirded me out when we when we see uh, that whole end sequence where riker's like do you think i'm going to give up my friends after loyalty of you know x amount of years and she's like no not for him i was like oh no they have deanna or they have someone i thought too and then they show deanna and then she goes oh well and i was like ah you would have called him mzadi
1: yep and that's Uh... the and and that's the changeling thing remember they made a very specific point that changelings will call you something or (laughs) or Talk about yeah, something but, that
5: but have we heard I, I, again I haven't memorized all the episodes. Have we heard Troy call Riker Inzadi?
2: Yeah, they call it I? they that's their nickname for each other. They call it him Inzadi.
5: But is it in this series?
2: Um I think they do. Uh, when... She's taught
1: she's called him Will the entire time though on the hollow calls, but maybe
2: No 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 I... when they were on the planet, when we first meet them in Kestra.
1: Oh, oh, in the card series. Yeah. Maybe I don't remember all that much, but
5: I, I, yeah, I couldn't swear to that. Either. I'm not I'm not convinced that she is a changeling, but at this point I'm not convinced anybody is or or isn't.
1: In the chat, I mean a lot of fans out they're saying that Kestrel would have been a better choice and it would have been mm-hmm. like for the audience like, "Oh, you abducted a kid. That's just mean."
2: Nick said <laughs> KLR for Worf. Who
5: <laughs> she's did I, I don't know. Again, I mean, if he's so com- he was, unfortunately, he sort of gave himself away, I thought, when he was a little too smug and confident by saying, I'm not going to betray my friends. Now, my wife, on the other hand, <laughs> you don't know about kind of, th- I, it, it I was, mean, I thought that was too easy to lead in that direction. I thought I was just, I was doing the Picard maneuver. It was a little telegraphed
1: because you're like, like, yeah, it's going to be Deanna. It has to be Deanna. It has to be. Yeah.
5: yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Holly may have seen something that I, uh, that I did. I well, was, Oh, sorry. I'm, gonna, so I, I just I am not, I'm
2: not seeing things. I'm just trying to think as a writer, which I am terribly bad at. That's why I'm not. Yeah, a writer.
5: I'm an actor. I can only do what you guys tell me to say. <laughs> That's it.
1: Well, <laughs> we only have like a few minutes. so I want to ask you a question that a lot of people have been asked and, and uh, get your feeling on. Mm. Did you think that this was a, a, an episode that was an Easter egg too far?
5: You know, I heard, I don't, I mean, yes, you can have too much candy, but I don't think you can have too much respect for the people who who brought you there. I think the appreciation to the fans is so so seldom felt that I, I welcome it. I mean, Lower Decks is full of it. Uh, yeah. Let me rephrase that. Lower decks is
0: uh, a plethora. <laughs>
5: phrasing. i <laughs> rephrase because I'm a big fan. Yeah, a plethora of Easter eggs, and I can't, I can't get enough of it. I don't, I mean, I don't it's, think it's too much. It's strange I can ask One question before I go. Yeah. Um, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm thrilled that LeVar Burton has brought all of his children onto the set. I didn't realize, I didn't make the connection between Mika and and LeVar. Maybe I should have I uh, Mika
2: guess. is an only child, that is his only kid.
5: Which makes it all the joke Yeah. <laughs> not, all, not all jokes kill. What can I tell you? <laughs> but um I want to ask who who do you guys, and again, you may have talked about this before, who do you guys think is Mika's mother?
2: Oh, we so we talked about that earlier um because Mika's character it was mentioned in All Good Things, and her mother is Leah. Presumably Brahms, but I don't think that I don't an know. Timeline, it, yeah, because it's time. it's an alternate All Good Things timeline. Um, yeah. But they have the they have they both have the same names. It's Sydney yeah. and Alondra, and then they have a brother, Brett, and Leah. And they her last name doesn't get mentioned. But who else would it be? It was Leah Brahms. Um, the 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 wife or the mother gets mentioned. Tell mom we're going to be late for dinner. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't know. I I don't. I
5: want to. I want to. Ha- how I met your mother revealed. That's 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 what I'm
2: hoping. For. <laughs> I would like to know who their mother is, from the standpoint of like, how did Jordy land her after being so uncomfortable and um, weird around chicks? It, it, maybe it's because
1: it, it, maybe when he got off the ship and he just started maturing and yeah. You know,
2: at what point did he gain the confidence to to date a woman and not mess it up?
5: I mean, think about it. Well, like, if I may suggest one thing. Mm-hmm. Speaking as 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 a guy who who uh, is dating way, uh, but let's say I'm punching above my weight. Uh, I just wore her down. I just wouldn't <laughs> give up, and 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 she finally just figured it was easier to give in. I, I and I know I speak for millions of men who are just like that. Just hang in there, guys.
1: All right, hang on that
5: it could happen to you.
1: <laughs> dating by attrition will end on that note. I think that's <laughs> solid
5: advice. Pleasure seeing sometimes. you
1: guys. again. Thanks, Lou. Appreciate the call, All right. man. All right talk to you later and we are at the end of the show it goes by so quickly just like this episode the bounty but i yeah. hope i hope that we didn't leave you full of empty calories i hope that our calories were a lot more substantial than that you know in, in all fairness though i think like the toughest thing right now it for any creator is to manage the expectations of the audience so if creators like you know like terry metallis said this is the story that i want to tell these are the beats that I want to hit. This is the nostalgia that I want to, you know, uh, honor, you know, and this is the, the tone that I want to set. It's a show, right? You know, and, and, you know, like it, love it or leave it. Either we're going to be on board with it. And, and in some instances or not, but he has to tell the story that he wants to tell. Right. And um, I think that for the most part, he's telling a fairly good story. I just hope that we Get a conclusion to a Picard series that feels satisfactory, especially with legacy characters, mm-hmm. you know, especially with, you know, you keep thinking the final scenes of, say, like Star Trek six, where the music swells and you get the autographs like, you know, yeah, you know, bl- like blazing across the screen in light. And then you you feel like that's a triumphant end for your characters. And then it's not.
2: Yeah, and I mean, that's I- what I don't want. I yeah. felt like all good things is all good things is like one of the best series finales these finales outside of even Star Trek. It's so good. It is so good. N- Nemesis was, yeah. uh, I mean, we it gave us closure on Data at the very least, and get so it, I, I kind of, <laughs> I mean, I genuinely was like, all right, he's gone. That's. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I hope we get the same kind of of closure that we've gotten the last two. What we thought was the end of seeing these characters. And
1: we'll see. We got four episodes left and. We're going to be back doing this again next Monday. John and Holly are going to be helming episode seven and just want to let you know that we're at the end of the show. So Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, technical production on Mission Log and Mission Log Live by the bounty-licious Earl Green. Be sure to visit (laughs) podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from Roddenberry Podcast. If you'd like to support Mission Log directly, give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log. Thank you, Holly, for bringing it all today and the laughs. I'm glad it made you giggle at least once, maybe twice. And uh, you've been fantastic. Fantastic. And uh, next week is going to be Holly and John. Thanks to everyone who joined us live or who's going to join us later. And we look forward to reviewing the next episode of Star Trek Picard with you next week.
0: This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.